Hello everyone and welcome back to Oh Wayward Nights, the audio drama where no one's read the script. Uh, my still that tagline that I'm keeping uh, going on there. I'm Declan Grogan, I wrote the damn thing, I'm doing all the voice readings for just uh, stage directions. And with me is a lovely cast of five people that I'll now list in an order that I've been doing for the past two episodes. First we have Alan played by Casey. Again, thank you so much for sticking with us. <laughs> we have Hannah being played by Nicole. Hi everyone. Uh, Chris is being played by Liam. Howdy. Chloe is played by Macy. Hello, hello, hello. And finally, Zach is played by George Copeland. Hey, how's it going? I'm really, I, I don't know. I just really like that George gets his last day. It's just something very... So rude. Special <laughs> one. Look, when credits guy comes in at the end and he does his little funny haha, Declan likes to say his name, he'll say the full name of everyone and <laughs> plug the thousands of different things we have going on. But for now, George Copeland gets his last name because he's been a good little boy this whole time. <laughs> Getting my special treat. Exactly. You won the cakewalk that we were <laughs> Oh, that jokes. Oh, jokes that the audience didn't listen to before we started. They have no context for why that's funny. And they won't get any. We should just make a pod podcast that's just all inside jokes and it's not funny to anybody. <laughs> That'd be, we'll, we'll call it, I don't know. I don't have a funny name for that. I forget it. <laughs> it would be a name that nobody else thinks is funny. Yeah, like, like oh... <laughs> banana tart like oh remember that funny thing we have about banana tarts all right so yeah today we are doing another episode uh <laughs> which i guess you probably expected uh and today's episode is chris we're going to focus on chris's uh character so that is of course played by liam mann who i will say his last name now because it is his episode yeah you you, you won today you won this time in in my own fashion we're going to be diving into liam's life uh the life and times of liam mann <laughs> Uh oh. So Liam, give us give us like a brief rundown of everything that's happened in your entire life. Well, you know, it all started one crazy summer night when I was born. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I I like to do these little things. I like to 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 do these little podcasts. Um, you know, me and Declan have been doing a podcast for a little while called the Barry Podcast. Um, it was actually a similar kind of scenario where Declan kind of, kind of had this wacky idea for a podcast and we kind of threw it together one night and it's sort of become something we do. Uh, we, we started to do it less frequently, but it's still something fun to just come together with a group of guys and just kind of chat about weird things we find on the internet. Cause you know what? There's a lot of weird things on the internet and I think someone should talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't, why isn't anyone talking about this internet thing? Hello? I look like Obama.com. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we got a, that's a, that's an inside joke for the people who listen to that. When Liam's on this show purely on nepotism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the reason I know and everything else, because we, what, we met like eight years ago at Second City, and we'd just been doing comedy stuff, because you just so happened to, we ended up going to the same high school and everything else, so, uh, me and Liam are, uh, we're, we've been together for a while. We go way back. We go way back, and like, we're, we're fine on camera, we hate each other in real life, but damn it, he's a good actor, so I have to keep putting him in stuff. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> contract. Yeah, it's in your contract. Yeah, that buried. You know, I you really, you really should have read over that buried contract before you just. I was like, hey, Declan, I have some few rewrites. You're like, yeah, sure. I won't read it. I'll just sign it. And it was like Liam. And it was like Liam has to be in every one of your productions from now till the end of time. You know, <laughs> you, you could say it's a fault, but Declan has this confidence about him where he refuses to read any contract he signed because he just, you know. He, he's confident. It'd be a sign of weakness if he stopped and read the contract. It's a, it's because of my gambling addiction. I'm, just taking <laughs> gambling on, I'm taking a gamble on all contracts, hoping that, you know, they'll probably pay off. And every once in a while, Steve Job gets my last kidney because I sit, clicked agree on one of the Apple things. Whatever. Hey, but one time, one, that one time you made $15 off, off my town royalties. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all worth it. Uh-oh. 
Oops. He's gone again. Oh, no, uh, no. SpaghettiOs. For everyone oh. listening at home, if you if you clap, if you believe, please clap and we can bring Declan back. <laughs> please clap. If you got you gotta believe really hard and he'll he'll come back. I do mm-hmm. believe in podcasts. <laughs> I do. I'm back. Am I back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's All right, back. cool. You did it, audience members. You, you clapped did it. you clapped hard enough. <laughs> Thank you, loyal fans. You brought back Declan. <laughs> There is going to be a moment in this episode where Chris is dead and everyone's got to believe hard enough to bring him back to life. So <laughs> Thank God. That will happen. <laughs> Thank God. Ooh, yikes. A lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you don't believe hard enough, I've written two scripts. One where Chris dies and one where he doesn't. One going out with how hard you believe. It's that gambling addiction again. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> It's contingent on how many people watch the podcast. If the podcast gets a certain viewership, you won't kill Chris. But if not enough people listen, you just the whole cast dies at the end. Yeah, I keep killing people off if you don't meet that minimum barrier. <laughs> so please tell your friends so we can all live. If you die in the podcast, you die in real life. <laughs> this is one of the most stressful choose-your-own-adventure stories I've ever been a part of. <laughs> you know, they they say episode three is really where all shows come into their own, and I I feel like I can I feel like I'm really getting a taste of that <laughs> of what this show's gonna be. <laughs> You just gotta get to episode three. You just gotta, you just gotta get there. You just you gotta get to episode three. <laughs> episode three makes it all worth it. I yeah. swear. <laughs> yeah, just, get, just get to season six. I promise. I promise it gets better. <laughs> the last episode is popping. <laughs> the, the finale. The final episode. Just hang on tight. There's eight seasons. Every episode is six hours long. <laughs> the first season is just non-contingent lore and it doesn't really bring in anything else but you have to watch it you can't just skip or else he kills off our favorite characters because we didn't reach that threshold yeah that's what we'll be getting into today all right so uh before we dive into it um and i'm not gonna send the scripts yet i know it's gonna be a big thing but i do want to ask you've gone through two episodes we're all now pros at doing blind reads i mean like come on but uh, what are you expecting from today? Because uh, I don't know. Why don't you read off your little minor characters or what you what you what I, what you were given on the side, and you can make a prediction of where we're about to go. I got the role of Charlotte, who in the notes is written as just a real nasally secretary. So I think we're gonna be in an episode of Mad Men. Oh, that'd be. Now I'm upset that I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a fool. All right, we gotta go. Casey's the one I'm most excited about right now. I right. Think my character's name is Dr. Jekyll, spelled J-E-C-K-L-E, so, you know, we don't get sued. Um, <laughs> megalomaniacal evil villain, and both megalomaniacal and villain are spelled incorrectly. So um, I'm still sticking true to my tagline for this whole series, which is, you guys, turns out the treasure was the chaos we created along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm basically the one who's creating all the chaos here. Uh, I know George and Nicole each. No, no, George and Liam have another one, right? And then Nicole, unfortunately, is sitting as just Hannah today. And that's enough. <laughs> and that is enough. <laughs> and you know what? That there are no small parts. There are only small actors. Hey, <laughs> what are you? What are you, George? I actually forgot what I gave you. I'm a I'm a fancy waiter. Oh yeah, am, all uh, right. I love that I guy. Am, I am working the service job. COVID frontline. You know. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I appreciate it. I still work for tips. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I'll be Mr. O'Toole. Actually, there's no Mr. It's just O'Toole. Like a, like a real share. Like O'Toole. You guys, you all know that George is the only one who gets a last name in this podcast. You know that. No other last names allowed. <laughs> Everyone else is just devoid of identity. You're just one name. Well, for those. 
who may have read it before, I almost, if I name a character something, their name will change. Like O'Toole, I keep that way because he will come up as Mr. O'Toole, Old Man O'Toole. You're going to see a lot of different names because I never keep it consistent. Because again, chaos is all that this podcast is. On that note, Patrick, why don't you send out the scripts? Ooh. Yeah, ooh, check under your seats. <laughs> you all won the raffle. Actually, no, that's the thing. We're, there's one raffle. One of us gets to read the script. <laughs> Yeah, one person doesn't have the script. It's like a Russian roulette. <laughs> and play. they just have to improvise every line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, every time there's like a pause, they should be like, yeah, I agree with whatever's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they say. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> or like, Alan, you shouldn't have done that. I concur. <laughs> yes, and... Just says <laughs> random things about the Red Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, if I was the person with that script, I would just like go really hard and be like, Oh my gosh, Chris was just stabbed. And then everyone else has to now justify me. (laughs) Gasp. All right, does everyone have the scripts? Yep. Yes, I do. All right. Well, let's dive right into it and we'll see you on the other side. Above the town of Silver River, a half-moon becomes shrouded by a thin cloud creeping across the sky. Lights across town begin to turn off as sleepy residents retire to a soft bed after a long summer day. Only the moon illuminates Main Street. Hey Dad, is this painting valuable? Across town, however, one light remains pouring forth from a town hall window. Yes, Chris, please stop touching my stuff. It looks like a fake. It's not. I'd get that checked out. The light comes from the mayor's office, a spacious room with mahogany furniture and great view of the Silver River from one of its many windows. Behind a grand desk is a tall, freckled man whose salt and pepper sideburns blend well into his faded, sandy hair. I'm glad to see you kids care about our town, but it's very late and I still have a lot of work to do. We've been trying to talk to you for weeks. Alan, Hannah, Zach, and Chloe all stand around the room focused on the mayor. Chris, however, is wandering about the office, fidgeting with whatever catches his eye. I understand, but things have been busy around Silver River lately. It will only take a second, Mayor Reed. An intercom on the desk rings. Uh, Mr. Reed, Dave Powers is on the line, complaining about a gas leak in his home. Please tell Mr. Powers that the mayoral office doesn't fix gas leaks. Look, for some reason people think they should call the mayor for any inconvenience they encounter. I know our town is small and is only getting smaller as people keep leaving, but I've got my hands full all day and apparently night as well. We found water towers running out in the woods. So? You shut those towers down back in March. Did I? Mr. Reed fiddles with papers on his desk. I remember you talking about the bill at a dinner you graciously let me attend. Chris opens the cigar case. Chris, don't touch that. Chris closes it with a frown and continues on his quest. Zach can confirm that the towers were in fact running. I can. I'm sorry, I can't find a record of the bill anywhere. This desk is a mess. Mr. Reed, River Hendricks is on line one. She says she thinks she saw someone break into the lighthouse. Tell her to call the police, Charlotte. There's a bandit on the loose. A what? Alan, you said you wouldn't bring this up. We saw him near the woods where the towers were running and near the train that derailed itself a month ago. What were you doing at the train? I ordered the town to stay inside. Mr. Reed, River is very persistent that she sees a man in the lighthouse. Then have her call the cops. She says he's dressed in red and appears to be... Crap! Chris knocks over a vase that shatters against the hardwood floor. Sorry. 
Chris, would you stop messing around and act your age? I I'll glue it back together. Wait outside. Chris glares at his father and leaves the room. I'm sorry I can't be more of a help to you, but I have a lot of work to do. Please show yourself out. Charlotte, please tell Miss Hendricks that we'll handle the lighthouse. The four leave the office and enter a hallway that looks like it was ripped from an 80s high school. Now what? I told you not to bring up the bandit. Mayor Reed isn't like Chris. He doesn't have a lot of room for nonsense. Where is Chris? Chris is nowhere to be seen. It doesn't matter. Did you guys hear what his secretary said about the lighthouse? You think that was the bandit? She said he was wearing red. That could be anyone. It's all we got. I'll go. You guys can't be serious. That lighthouse is a death trap. What's the matter? Scared of old man O'Toole? O'Toole? Oh, come on. You remember? Zack's dad used to scare us shitless with that story. Gross. He was the keeper of the lighthouse way back when it was still in operation. A couple kids went missing a town over, and when the police searched the place, he was gone. All that was left was his journal with the names of the missing children scribbled out. And then we found out a Mr. O'Toole never worked in the lighthouse. Relax. I'm having fun. When we went there last summer, the place was stable enough. I say we go. I mean, what else are we going to do? Fine, I'll go. But just to show you that I'm not afraid of Mr. O'Toole. Sure you aren't. Down the hall and around the corner, Chris is pacing and talking to himself. Stupid dad. I said I'd fix the pot. He continues to fidget with various items in the hallway, touching paintings, tapping the wall with his foot, and twisting locked doorknobs. Act your rage. Give me a break. One of the doorknobs fully turns, and the door opens. On the outside, it reads janitor, but inside is a very long concrete corridor. Chris walks in without a moment of hesitation. He doesn't respect me. The corridor grows deeper and wider. Nobody respects me. Chris is suddenly wearing a well-tailored three-piece suit. I mean, what does it take to get an ounce of respect around here? Maltini? Thanks. Chris grabs a martini off a waiter's platter and downs it in one gulp. I'll show them all. He comes to a large set of doors at the end of the hall and kicks them open. He rushes into a large glass dome full of flashing red lights and alarms. A large screen reads, time till missile launch, one minute. A man with an eye patch is standing by a big red button and laughing maniacally as a woman who looks identical to Chloe is being lowered into a shark tank in a revealing white dress that makes you think, this probably won't age well. Help! Somebody help me! Ahaha! Agent Double O Double! You're too late. My plan has been set in motion and there is no way for you to defeat me! Chris shoots him. Ah! You've defeated me! Ah! The man falls over and hits the button. The countdown and alarm stop, and the woman is not only freed from her constraints, but miraculously peers in front of Chris. I knew you'd come. They make out. Now that's more like it. Hannah, Ellen, Chloe, and Zach stand outside of the lighthouse. In the dark of the shrouded moon, it looks like it probably did while still in use. A sturdy gray house with a single protruding tower topped off with a glass enclosure. Look closer, and the wares of time are more noticeable. Broken windows, rotting wood, sinking foundation, and to top it all off, a single lit candle where a hundred watt searchlight should be. Ah, <sighs> I forgot how creepy this place is. Oh, come on. Don't whip out on me now. I'm not. Scared that O'Toole is going to be waiting at the door? N no, but River did say she saw someone. Great, let's go in. Hannah rushes the front door, and Zach leisurely follows. Chloe and Alan wait behind. Are you really scared? What? No, it's, it's just dangerous. Yeah, 
I mean, look at it. It's practically sinking into the mud. Exactly! What if the tower collapsed? Or the floor dropped out. Or the ceiling caved in. We'd be gone in a second. Exactly. They stare at the house. We should probably go in. Yeah. Don't want to keep them waiting. They stared at some more. Then again, that tower... Screw this. Chloe rushes the door. Chloe? Alan runs behind her. She grabs hold of the rusty handle and throws it open. Who dares disturb old man O'Toole? (laughs) You shall now be gobbled up. (laughs) Great job, Zach. What the hell, guys? That's not funny. I don't know. It's pretty hilarious from over here. Oh, you almost gave me a heart attack. I I could have... Holy shit, the ceiling's caving in! Shit! Hannah and Zach shove each other out the door, only to be greeted by Alan and Chloe's laughter. (laughs) The house remains intact. Oh, it's on. Big mistake, Alan. Hannah grabs Zach, and they run behind the house. Oh, looks like we've got ourselves a regular prank war. What are we, three? Oh, does it matter? Absolutely not. Let's scare the son of bitches. Alan and Chloe duck into the house. We cut to a shot of a spacious intelligence headquarters. There are several levels of screens depicting maps and dangerous personnel. The place is filled to the brim with people in jet black suits. But none of them are moving. They are expressionless and frozen in time. Some pouring overflowing cups of coffee, others with a finger stuck pressing the letter G on a keyboard. Then the front doors swing open. Oh, did you miss me? The whole place springs to life as everyone pivots towards Chris. Agent Double! Fresh off a mission to save the world. Tell us more! Well, I'll be honest. Things seem pretty bleak. Yeah? But then I shot the guy and it all worked out. Hooray! Want to see a card trick? Absolutely! Chris pulls out a deck of cards. He fumbles it on accident, revealing that every card is an ace of spades. Whoa! They're all spades? That's crazy! Amazing! It's It's the perfect perfect card trick! Oh, you're too nice. A man with parted hair, thick-brimmed Coke bottle glasses, and a tucked-in, short-sleeved, buttoned-down white shirt, complete with pocket protector and multicolored pens, approaches Chris. Otherwise, he looks like a nerd. Uh, welcome back, uh, Agent 00. Good to see you, Zach. Please, call me Q. Sure thing, Zach. What's the word? M wants to see you in her office. What's the matter? She doesn't like the way I don't play by the book? No, she has another mission for you. Is that what she told you? Are you sure she isn't upset that I'm a loose cannon with a heart of gold? Uh, I'm just the messenger. Relax, Zach. I'll meet you in her office. Bring me a couple new toys to play with out in the field. Yes, sir. Hugh stumbles as he walks away. Chris confidently swaggers over to a door with a big M printed on it. He swings it open and stands proud. Damn it, Reed. You don't play by the book. Across an exact copy of the mayor's office, Hannah sits in a scarlet pantsuit. You're a loose cannon. But I'll be damned if you don't have a heart of gold. Good to see you too, M. Shut your trap, double double I'd kick you in the streets if you weren't the best damn agent we have. Q said you had a new mission for me. Unfortunately, I do. Do you want a martini? Sure. Chris is suddenly holding a martini. Hannah's pantsuit is now blue. We've received word that a new villain has gotten his hands on the nuclear launch codes. 
How do they keep getting those? He goes by the name Mr. Red. We have no information on him except that one of his lackeys will be at the building in City at 3. He should know where you can find Mr. Red. I'll be there. Zack walks in with a black briefcase. I've taken the liberty of having Q make some new gadgets for the mission. What do you got for me, Zack? You know how your gun shoots a bullet? Yeah. This gun shoots two bullets. Zack opens the suitcase to reveal a gun identical to Chris, except it has two barrels. Awesome! We've prepared you a car that can do a bunch of cool shit, but still looks sexy. It was paid for with government money. I'd expect nothing less. I'll shoot Mr. Red by the end of the day. Godspeed, Agent Double O Double. Her pantsuit is now yellow. Back in the lighthouse, Alan and Chloe walk through a dark hallway. We see a leaky pipe drip water above their heads. So, what's the plan? We scare them. Genius. Well, I don't know. It's been ages since we've done this. We used to be the kings at this, though. Oh, remember when we made Josh blow milk out his nose? We definitely peaked in fifth grade. (laughs) Alan! Chloe! Come out, come out, wherever you are! Hannah and Zach's shadows can be seen at the end of the hall. Ah, crap. No need to hide. We'll, We'll go easy on you. You've gotta up the scare factor, man. Over here. Chloe waves Alan over to a bookshelf as she starts pulling on books. What are you doing? I'm getting us a way out of here. I'm being scary? Yeah, but your heart isn't in it. Chloe is frantically pulling books off the shelf. Ah, oh, Chloe, that, that's not going to work. Chloe grabs a book that tugs back, and the shelf spins around, pushing them into a small stone room. You have got to be kidding me. Told you it would work. I mean, why would anyone need a revolving bookcase? Alan. Especially in a lighthouse. Alan. What? Chloe is standing at a ledger in the center of the room. Atop it is a book with the word O'Toole written in silver lining. (gasps) No way. There's just no way. We shouldn't be here. Alan opens the book. Written inside are several names that are all scribbled out except for four. Alan, Hannah, Chloe, and Zach. Oh, this has to be a joke. You think Hannah did this? No way. When would she have the time? He flips the page to reveal a journal entry. He reads aloud. Uh, Hannah and Zach enter the house first and wait by the door to scare Alan and Chloe. What the hell? They are scared, but Alan scares them back by implying the roof is going to... This is everything we've done. We have to go. Wait. It ends right here. What? Hannah and Chloe read the book. Chloe wants to leave. Oh, I don't like this. Alan picks up a fountain pen next to the book and begins to write. What are you doing? A torch lights itself within the room. As Alan lifts the pen from the book, a torch springs to light. We can decide what happens next. Oh, this is perfect. Hannah and Zach are going to freak out. Alan, this is not a game. We should leave the book here and go. Oh, relax. If something bad were to happen, we could just write it out of the book. Watch. Alan scribbles out the torch, and the light goes out. See? Oh, are you so calm about this? What's the matter? Worried O'Toole is coming back for his book? Yes. He writes, Chloe is no longer afraid. 
I'm no longer afraid. Perfect. Now let's go scare those sons of bitches. Yeah. Chris sits behind a generic bush near a generic building in a generic city. He peers through binoculars at what appears to be Alan twisting a thin pencil mustache. What are you hiding? Chloe sneaks up on Chris wearing another dress that leaves little to the imagination. Something catch your eye, double o double. I'm not a spy! Wait a minute, weren't you the girl I saved earlier? Yes, and I'm also an agent. What's your name? Generic Bond Girl. Oh, that's a sexy name. Thank you. If you must know, I'm tracking the man of the pencil mustache. He's an associate of the evil Mr. Red. Mr. Red? He's a dangerous man. So am I. Give me a distraction. Roger. Chloe leaps to her feet. Distraction! Distraction! It's a good distraction. Chris leaps from the bush and shoots Alan. Oh! I've been shot, but not in a lethal way! Looks like this is your last insert funny pun here. I'll tell you everything! Where's Mr. Red? In the building! Perfect. I respect you so much, and I think you're a little hot, too. Sorry, but this spy's taken. Distraction! Distraction! Generic blonde girl, stay here and make sure no one leaves the building. Distraction! Hannah and Zach stand at the base of the light tower. Where are they? A steep stone staircase spirals up the interior to the glass enclosure up above. They're probably waiting right around the corner, ready to jump us. There's no way. We searched the whole building. Do you think they left us here? Maybe O'Toole got them. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let's check outside. You shouldn't have come here. Standing in the doorway is a large man in dirty jeans and a blood-stained flannel. He's holding an axe. Who are you? The man steps forward. They back up towards the staircase. Hey, we don't want any trouble. He steps closer. We, we didn't know anyone was here. We, we can just go and leave you be. He steps even closer. We won't tell anyone you're here. He raises his axe. Run! O'Toole swings the axe as the two jump out of the way and begin to sprint up the staircase. O'Toole follows in close pursuit. It's O'Toole! He's real! Keep running. The tower begins to crumble as they ascend. Chunks of the staircase crumble to the ground below. What's happening? You shouldn't have come here. I don't know, just keep going. They reach the top of the tower to find it's on fire. A toppled candle lays as a guilty culprit on the floor. What do we do? I don't know. You shouldn't have come here. O'Toole raises his axe and takes a swing at Hannah. Then suddenly it's all gone. O'Toole vanishes along with the fire and smoke. The tower is once again stable, and the candles return to its former resting place, once again innocent. Boo! Chloe and Alan climb up the stairs, laughing like hyenas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you should have seen the looks on your faces. All the kings have reclaimed their thrones. What? How? Alan holds up O'Toole's book. Watch this. (laughs) Alan writes in the book, and O'Toole returns, axe raised over Hannah. You shouldn't have come here. He disappears as Alan scribbles out what he has written. Whatever you write in this book comes true. What the hell, man? Yeah, Alan, that's messed up. Give it to me. Oh, no way. You lost your book privileges when you made a character say the same line three times in a row. This is why I wanted to write the dialogue. Just give it here. Absolutely not. Come on. Hannah reaches for the book as Alan holds it high in the air. We cut to Chris walking in the most generic building you can think of. 
he keeps passing carbon copies of the same door over and over again. He comes to a door at the end of the hallway labeled Mr. Red. All right, Mr. Red, time to meet your maker. He opens the door. Back in the lighthouse tower, Hannah has the book. She reads what she is writing aloud. The floor beneath Alan and Chloe begins to turn to lava. And so it does. Oh, come on. That's not scary. That's just threatening. Chloe grabs the book from Hannah. Zack starts shifting into a werewolf. And so he does. <laughs> Werewolves aren't scary. They're sexy. What? I... Forget it. And just give me the book! Chris walks into Mr. Red's office. It's dark, but across the room there's a large swivel chair that has its back turned to Chris. Someone clearly sits in it, faced away. Mr. Red. Back in the lighthouse, everyone fights for the book. Give it to me! No way! I found it! I found it! Back in the office, Chris approaches the chair. It's over, Mr. Red. Your lackey sang like a bird. Alan and Hannah fight over the book. Let go of it! You let go of it! Chris stands at Mr. Red's desk. We know you have the nuclear launch code, so you might as well give up. Hannah and Alan pull on the book with all their might. You're going to rip it! Chris stands at Mr. Red's chair. I won't talk, huh? You don't even have the decency to look at me. They fight over the book. Let go! Fine! Hannah lets go of it and Alan falls backwards. He fumbles the book and it goes flying through the air. Chris grabs the back of Mr. Red's chair. Let's see who you really are. Chris spins the chair around. Sitting there is none other than Mayor Reed. Dad? In the lighthouse, the book lands near the staircase as a man emerges from below and stands before it. No. It's the Red Bandit. In Mr. Red's office, Chris stands face to face with his father. Dad, what are you doing here? Agent Double of Double, do you mind not interrupting me while I work? What? If you're gonna act like a child, Double of Double, I'd prefer you do it out in the hall. Dad, it's me. I'm your son. Would you stop messing around and act your age? You're an embarrassment. Dad. Either shoot me or get out. Dad! Now! Mayor Reed stands up and Chris cowers away. He flees from the office. In the lighthouse, the red bandit stands before O'Toole's book. Alan, Hannah, Chloe, and Zack stand frozen in awe. It's him. The bandit picks up the book and opens it to the page of names. He uncaps the fountain pen. He's real. The bandit brings the pen down to the page and begins scribbling out Hannah's name. Her legs start to disappear. <sighs> What's happening? Her arms fade away. No! No! It hurts! She falls to the ground as her legs vanish. Help me! Hannah! She's gone. The bandit continues scribbling without emotion. My hand. My hand is gone. Zack's eyes disappear. I can't see. I can't see! His screams become muffled as his mouth vanishes. <laughs> the bandit continues. Chloe grabs her chest and falls to the ground. <gasps> no! Oh, not me! Oh, I feel it inside me! Chloe! It's eating away at me! It's working its way out! Why are you doing this? The bandit stares Alan down as he slowly scribbles the name away. Alan jumps at the bandit, but he simply steps to the side and continues. <laughs> Alan, I don't want to go! I don't want to go! It, it, it's, it's okay! It's okay! Fight it! Just fight it! Chloe evaporates into thin air like embers from a flame. Alan is left on the floor alone. He looks to the bandit, who remains motionless as he meets Alan's gaze. We cut back to the headquarters building Chris visited earlier. Chris quietly opens the door and tries to sneak in. Double double! double. Chris freezes as all eyes are on him. Uh, hey guys. How'd How'd it go? go? 
Oh, uh, uh, you mean the mission? Yeah! Uh, it went, uh, it went... He failed it. What? I read it in his file. He had Mr. Red right in front of him and he ran away. What, what an, an idiot. idiot! Zach, what are you doing? It's Q. You can call me Q now. You're below me. Double O double, you yellow-bellied fool! Em, I can't explain! No need. I saw it all on the screen. I guess you aren't the loose cannon with a heart of gold I thought you were. Turn in your double gun and license to kill. No, I... Agent Double O Double. Generic blonde girl. Oh, please tell me. Please, you have to help me. I'm losing everyone's respect. Tell them how I saved you. Sorry, Chris, but after seeing you wet yourself in front of your dad, I'm leaving you. I also lost my respect for you, and I don't think you're sexy anymore. No! You failed, Chris. Dad, what are you doing here? Since you couldn't man up and shoot me, I'm now taking over your spy agency with my launch codes. If only you had stopped messing around and acted your age. You failed us. No. No one respects you. Stop it. You can't even do a good card trick. I can. Even I'm cooler than you. Shut up. You're a disappointment to this family. Shut up, Dad. Chris takes his double gun and shoots his father with two bullets. Everyone stops and looks at Mr. Reed, who has two bullet wounds but seems unaffected. You did it! Hooray! What? You shot me. You're a real man. I had you pegged all wrong. I respect you again. I knew you were the best agent we've got. How about we go back to my place? What? No, no, no! No! I shot you! You did. I'm proud of you, son. Are you listening to yourself? I am. You're all acting psycho. I shot my dad. Hooray! No, that's a bad thing. What, are you crazy? We, we love, love you. You guys are insane. We, we respect, respect you. you. I don't care. You're, You're a good magician. I quit. What? Double O Double. If you quit now, I'll lose all respect for you. Yeah. Yeah. Who gives a rat's ass? I'm, I'm getting out of here. Chris walks to the door. You're no son of mine. Cool. He leaves. Chris steps back into the long concrete hall in the janitor's room. He's no longer wearing the suit. What a bunch of weirdos. He walks down the hall, which is now a lot smaller than the one he had entered. He hears a clank come from behind him and turns around. The doors he had just exited are nowhere to be seen, but are now replaced by a deeper hallway. What the hell? Chris walks further down the dark concrete hallway and comes to a small room lined with pipes and valves that feed into different tanks and pressure cages. Standing at a tank turning different valves is Mayor Reed. Come on, stop leaking. Dad? Chris! Uh, what are you doing here? Uh, I, I was waiting for you. I told you to wait outside the office. What is this? It's a pipe hub for the city. Just checking up on Mr. Power's water leak. You said it was a gas leak. It doesn't matter. It's all fine. Let's go. You said it was leaking. Let's go. Alright, fine. But not because you said so. Because I want to. Um, okay? I shot you today. Sure you did, Chris. Mr. Reed leaves Chris out of the room and down the hall. The Red Bandit stands in the lighthouse tower, book in hand, as Alan is left alone on the floor, looking to where Chloe was only a moment before. Why would you do that? The Bandit offers no response. Well, go on! 
Finish it! Finish me off! The bandit caps his pen. Is this what you want? Do it! Finish it! Is this how you think it'll be? What? Alan all though, his friends all gone. What are you talking about? There are two months left to the summer. The train will come and take you away. No. No, that's not... You killed them! Is this how you think it'll feel? They're gone! Is this really how it'll be? I'm alone! Maybe it's not so bad. What? Maybe you've got it wrong. What? Maybe it doesn't have to be like this. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? How? The bandit uncaps the pen and begins to cross out Alan's name. Maybe you won't be alone at all. Alan's feet turn to dust. What? What do you mean? We, we don't have to leave. Alan's legs break apart like ancient pillars. No, 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 no don't leave me! No, tell me what I have to do! Alan crumbles like sandstone. Tell me how to keep my friends. Alan blows away like sand in the wind. Alan! Alan opens his eyes and sees Hannah, Chloe, and Zach standing around him in the lighthouse tower. The bandit is nowhere to be seen. What? What happened? I, I don't know. We just woke up here after the bandit. I, I, I don't know. Where is he? Gone. We searched the whole place. You were the last to show up here. What happened? They looked to Alan. Nothing. Um, he, he scratched my name out right after Chloe. Let's get back to the garage. The four leave the lighthouse in a hurry. They barely make it out the front porch before Chris runs up to them. Guys! Ah! Ah! Whoa! What's got you all high strung? Where have you been? Oh, I found this weird room at Town Hall and I shot my dad. What? Yeah, he's fine. But he was acting super weird. He has this strange pipe room that's supposed to connect all around town. So? I think it connects to the water towers. What? Yeah, there were all sorts of pressure gauges and the room was boiling. You said the pipes on the towers were hot, right? Yeah. My dad's totally up to something. I bet it has something to do with what's going on around town. We should break in We and saw then... the bandit tonight. You did? For real? Yeah. I saw him. He got away. Aw, oh, man, why do I keep missing him? Anyway, I was thinking... Maybe he we went could... back in the woods? He might have gone back to the tree. No, he's clearly trying to get into town. Why else would he come to the lighthouse? Guys. Zack stops the three from theorizing and points to Chris, who has stopped mid-sentence. Sorry, Chris. We shouldn't have cut you off. Didn't mean to disrespect you. Uh, it's fine. So what did he do this time? The five walk back through town towards the garage as they relay to Chris what happened. He listens with a smile on his face, content to take a back seat. He seems changed. And then he erased us one by one. Damn. That must have really sucked for you. Honey. That's two. Or maybe not as changed as we thought. The night gets a little darker as more clouds start to cover the star sky. Fade out. Chris, Chris is no. Chris hasn't changed at all. Chris hasn't <laughs> changed a bit. Chris is killed, and he'd do it again. <laughs> he'd do it again. A harpy. A harpy. Takes nothing at all. <laughs> but there we have it. Episode three. Done for the books now.
So what do we think? What do, what do we got here? What what is that? What what was wow. the little expectations? Um, I think I think it's interesting. I think like the way that these like episodes are like focused in, kind of like on a character. Um, I think it makes it like really like how each character kind of like relates to like because if, if it's obviously it seems like every. I mean, if we if if this pattern is to be you know expect to continue, I feel like every episode is like you know this little fantasy world, but that kind of like picks at like what's what's like going on right inside of each character so i'm curious to see like what what's like affecting every other character what's kind of like the root of everyone else i'm really kind of fascinated to see that yeah yeah it's 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 really like oh it's so interesting how and I, i mentioned this last time but it's it's getting more clear that the red bandit really does represent something different for everyone and it's like they're different trauma responses almost and oh it's really interesting I had a lot of fun today with the sort of the acknowledgement of these like parallel realities where you're not like when when we're playing alternate versions of ourselves, they're sort of more as per what like the character's perception of us is. So I I had fun sort of playing a Zach the way that Chris sees Zach as opposed to what Zach actually is like. And I, I just think that, that I'm looking forward to more of that sort of work where it's, you know, playing essentially two different characters. Yeah, that's a, that's the cool thing is that because each of these characters are so distinct, each of their episodes and each of their alternate realities are so different. Like of course Hannah is going to have like an entire lore and like characters whereas whereas Chris is so generic. <laughs> <laughs> no brain cells. <laughs> I I create like a whole war and a rebellion in my mind and you have a generic city. <laughs> And all the people are like cut out, so I can't. I don't have the brain power to like come up with more people. <laughs> it's the same person cut out too. Like, yeah, the, the, the Hannah's office is just your dad's office. Like when you're not in the building, everyone's just frozen. No one's like doing anything. The whole narrative is just a spy movie. It's the same movie he's been watching. Yeah. Oh right, because the spy movies are my favorite movies. Oh. Oh. Little, little. Oh. 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 Is there it. foreshadowing in episode one? <laughs> oh wow! Now it's gonna be really fun to listen to these again. Not just. Because yeah, I want right. to hear my voice now. Very excited for Alan's episode when it's just everyone throwing rocks at a picket fence. Yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the whole episode, right? <laughs> the rocks just keep getting bigger. He has to roll them up a hill and then they fall back to the bottom and he has to keep doing it over and over again. And the red band, it's like, why are you throwing rocks? Why are you just keep throwing rocks? <laughs> Alan always throwing rocks. <laughs> the red band, it's like, come on, I got this big adventure plan. And we'll go to a different world. They're like, no, we're just going to throw rocks today. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> Get Come on, this- foil my plans. Get on this old timey airplane. It'll be so cool. <laughs> but something that was so uh, just interesting this time is that th- the magic was like so spread out and so different. Like it felt like, you know, in, in last episode, it was very, you know, the nature has come to life almost. And like, that's kind of like the theme. But this time it's, oh, a magic book. And also a Bond movie come to life at the same time. So cool. So like, I, man. The balancing part was a whole balancing act of jumping between those two scenes. I had to do that like five times, just figuring out like, how can I make, how do you do a smash cut in audio <laughs> form? Like, I don't know how to, I didn't really get that way. That was a lot of workshopping with Patrick to figure out how we could yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was effective. Like I, I found it pretty easy to follow. So I'm interested to see like the people for everyone listening at home, what was that experience like for you? Leave a comment, you know. Tweet us. Tweet us. Smash that like tweet button. Us. Click the bell. I will say I was thrown out when Alan said that werewolves are sexy because 
we all know that werewolves didn't become sexy until at least a decade and a half later with Twilight Eclipse. So sure. does he know something we don't? Uh, Maybe Alan just likes werewolves. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's not true. What about Teen Wolf? I Yeah. Oh. I'm thinking Teen Wolf. I'm thinking a werewolf in London, a werewolf in Paris. Alan grew up to then, well, you know, if he doesn't die here, um, grew up to go work at like production companies and made sexy werewolf shows. <laughs> yes. I was about to say, I was kind of hopeful that this was like a back to the future, like, oh, you're not ready for this, but your kids are going to love it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess your kids aren't ready for sexy werewolves. I'm also too, I think the thing also that I'm, I'm interested in now is like the fact that like Chris thinks that his dad's like got something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Like something's suspe- cause it's like, cause it's one thing it's if, if this, this kind of group is just experiencing this magic on their own, but I feel like now, Mm-hmm. Like once this kind of outside source gets pulled in, it's like, oh, is this all real? Like, what's what's really going on here? There's LSD yeah. in the water supply. <laughs> right. And uh, please tell me I'm not the only one that made that connection where Mr. Reed was Mr. Red. That sounds a lot like the Red Bandit. Uh, <gasps> yeah, it's fun because it's also a red herring. Hey, uh, I, was trying to <laughs> that I thought the Bandit was going to turn the chair around and the Bandit was going to be there, and I was like, no, nah, it's his dad. Wow. <laughs> Come on, Dad! I'm trying to do this spy mission. You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me for all my cool spy friends. Get out of my room and close the door. Get out of my cool spy room. <laughs> That's funny too, because I also I I noticed the mistake like at the very end, but I I didn't notice until the last round that it's it generic Bond girl and not generic blonde girl. And I kept and I I remember I said it the first two times, and then I actually read it the last time. I was like, oh fuck. Honestly, <laughs> either would fit. This will. This isn't gonna age well. That's the whole bit of the, the whole uh, classic Bond movies. <laughs> oh, I do love those movies, even if they are cookie cutter copies of each other and things like that. I want one more thing. Who do you think's episode is next? Uh, I don't know. We only have three other characters. I just want to. Uh, as I throw in a wrench in this, I'm just curious. The listener probably knows because they'll see the title. I think Alan's last. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's Zach or Alan is last. I, I almost think, I, I think I agree with you, uh, George, that I think Macy's next. I think Chloe's episode is next because I think we're going to end with, you know, the one who has clearly, like, the most trauma uh, in with the Red Bandit. And then somebody who's the most closed off that we know the least about, which is Zach, so... Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. To, I, I'm I'm excited for the Zach episode, even if it's regardless of when it comes. I think there's there's a lot going on in there. It's a, it's a it's a nut I want cracked. <laughs> I'm highly suspect that it's going to be video game related for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> That'd be dumb and not real. I just make the audio about. quality like eight bit. We all just sound like. <laughs> it was an artistic choice. We have to like blow off the canister before we can open the script. Like, <laughs> what's the language that the Sims speak? What is the similes? One more thing before we wrap. Does any is anyone else like feeling the weight of this episode? Because afterwards, I was like, "Oh wow, wait, I'm because everyone dies a little bit." Oh, like yeah, the the Mister Stark. I don't feel so good moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Broke my heart. Ugh. Yeah, because I remember, because last episode was like a really wholesome ending. It was like the ending you want to go, aww. But I feel like this one was a little bit more like, hmm. Like, it almost seems like we kind of left with more tension than we Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting past the fun and games, and now we're getting bad guys close in for all the screw nerds out there. Yeah, there it is. We're getting to the dark, the, the darkest timeline now is what we'll, we'll start <laughs> going through. 
You get a lot more sad endings now. Uh, all right. Let's, um, <laughs> let's, and on that note, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, that's episode three. We'll see you. In a few seconds or a week, depending on when you're listening to this. So thank you a lot. Thanks again for coming on the ride because we've made it clear that you don't have to. But uh, it's going to make it a lot better as time goes Stop on. Stop saying that, Douglas. <laughs> uh, they, they do. I, I think that they, at this point, if they listen to these three episodes and they stop, that's on them. <laughs> Maybe you really had something else. Uh, but thank you again for listening. It's fantastic. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Right. Take care. Whoop. Bye. Damn. That ending took it out of me. I mean, we watched Alan die only to come back a moment later. I wonder if he's a Christ figure. Oh Wayward Nights is produced by Platform LLC, a production company. To learn more about Platform, check out their website platformprodco.com and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Platform is proud to have an open-door policy for any and all artists. If you are a creative with an original idea for platform-specific art looking to get produced, send an email to opendoor at platformprodco.com with a brief description of your project to schedule a meeting with the platform team. Maybe I'll send them my idea for a podcast. I think I'll call it My Town 2, a story retold from the credit guy's perspective. That hilarious and heartfelt performance of Chris was done by none other than Liam Mann. I'm sure you can see similar stuff on his YouTube channel, Eggy McLeggy. Casey Reha gave a tasteful rendition of the role of Alan, and you can find more of his work at CaseyRehaVO.com. Nicole Tuttle took a break from her phenomenal audio drama, The Lafrisian Chronicles, to play the role of Hannah. You can also find her on Twitter at Nicole Voice. Macy Matier kicked ass as Chloe, and she keeps kicking ass on her Instagram at MusicWithMacy. And finally, our golden boy, George Copeland, stole everyone's hearts with his performance of Zack. Send him a bouquet of roses on Instagram at George S. Copeland. Declan Grogan also did an okay job of narrating and doing a couple extra voices here and there. All of today's music was made by Seth Barnes, who you can email at seth.dbarnes at gmail.com. Oh Wayward Nights is created and written by Declan Grogan. Thank you to the Audio Mint Network for having us aboard. Follow us on social media at MyTownPodcast. Rate the show, man. Come on, all the cool kids are doing it. Thank you, and good night. You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.